Good evening, crew. Welcome to On the Penalty Spot with Dave and Luke. Episode 7 coming out of you. Seven lovely weeks of chatting with this fine young gentleman in Luke Hutchin. How are you doing? Um, well, after that intro, I'm feeling fantastic, mate. How are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. I'm going to ISO beard at the moment. Um, I do need to have a bit of a shave, as you can see on camera, but lucky our viewers or our audience, our listeners, yeah. cannot see it. Um, Mate, I'm good. I'm good. Um, just chipping away at life at the minute. Uh, we open, open the business back up soon, which is totally relevant to what we're doing um, every Sunday night at 7.30 p.m. where we bring you all the latest football news. But, mate, that's about it. Just a normal normal week in the uh, in the Harvey home. How about you? Yeah, been uh, pretty good, mate. You know, just um, trying to do a little bit more exercise this week. Put on a few COVID kilos. So, uh, <laughs> so I've got to shed them. I'm sure a few of your clients will be doing the same. But um, no, nah, it's been good. Uh, we both got into a bit of a new hobby uh, yeah. this week as well. The uh, sports trading card game. So we've oh, been a little bit invested in that. It can uh, more of a, could be more of a business, mate, if we can make some money from it. Yeah, there's money to be made, mate. If we're smart about it. We can do it. So there's money in podcasting as well. So... We'll see. You're lucky we do pass <laughs> podcasting for the fun of it, mate. And not, that's um, it. Not, not for, for the, the money, money mate. mate. I, I actually threw all my cards away. I don't know where they are. And that's, um, mate, I grew up 94, 95, 96, uh, buying every bus. Every afternoon, I would save money. They were four or five bucks a pack, if that. And now, mate, there's 17, 20 bucks for a good pack. Um, and some of these cards, I reckon, mate, I, I, I probably would have been sitting anywhere between or sitting on anywhere between five to 15 grand's worth of cards right now, minimum. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, you've got to go to your mum's house and just find them, mate. She's got to have them somewhere, it's surely. There's got to be some, some, some hidden there. They've got yeah, to be. I think that might. I did pack up some when we moved here, but yeah, and that was 10 years ago, so I haven't seen them since. <laughs> um, mate, nonetheless, we'll, we'll move on into the world of football. Um, I guess the, the best news around um, of late is, we spoke about it last week, obviously Bundesliga is well into there their post-COVID season. Um, La Liga's back in a week. Um, mm-hmm. But the, the main one, mate, Premier League's back. Premier League's is actually back. Um, green lights, go ahead. Um, there's a game every single day. Does it get better than that? Does not get any better than that. The only issue with us is uh, most of the Newcastle games are going to be at 3 a.m., which is all right for you because your normal get-up time is 4, but 3 a.m. for me is brutal. But That's fantastic, matter, mate. mate. I get to bed an hour earlier, wake up an hour earlier, watch the game, watch the second half, um, probably a little bit at home and a little bit on the way to work. It's phenomenal. That's great. I'm in. Mate, every day. Well, it's If you asked me a few years ago, what's the dream? To watch football every day? Well, it's going to happen. So there's no use complaining, mate. I'll still be watching it. So That's so I'm good, excited. mate. I, um, I might even chuck a few uh, few dollars in the sports bit account. So it gives me a little <laughs> bit more of a vested, a vested interest in some of these games that probably don't mean much. Yeah, I've uh, sports bet up for a while. Yeah, so... Yeah. I um I actually lost a um we'll get into that a bit later on but I uh, lost 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 my five dollar weekly bet on uh, on the weekend with the with the Freiburg and Bush and Gladbach game but we'll, we'll touch base on that mate um with EPL coming back what are you what are you looking forward to the most besides, besides having football <laughs> besides having football every single day yeah I'm just looking forward just to having football back mate it's um for me it it's sense of normality in my life. You know, all my life I've waited to watch football. I haven't been able to have that. We've had seven weeks of podcast without any any football. Yeah, we're doing all right too. We're doing all right, yeah. But it's been three months since yep. um, since we've had football. Um, so I'm, I'm just really excited to, to see how the teams adapt, um, how fit they look, how the changes are going to, you know, the five substitutions, how that's going to affect the game. 
I'm just excited. Um, Premier, like promotion, uh, relegation, promotion for the championship, when that goes ahead as well. It's just exciting, mate. There's going to be plenty to talk about in the next few weeks. So, mate, yeah, I, about- mate, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, I kind of think for me, it's more about getting excited watching your, your team play. Oh, yeah. um, I've, I've been loving watching the Bundesliga and yeah, look, I, I follow Dortmund, um, but I haven't agreed to get a Dortmund tattoo if they win a trophy like we have <laughs> Newcastle. Um, FA Cup mate, this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll hope so. Um, mate, yeah, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to um, biting the nails again, um, watching Newcastle play. Uh, there's still many behind. Like, mate, we can still fall into that relegation trap. Um, so there's still a lot of meaning for us um, and a lot of meaningful games. Um, but it's also, I'm going to watch with intrigue and to see who's going to go down. Because obviously, look, we know Liverpool are going to win the title. Well, they're not mathematically oh, look, yeah, yeah, you've said that for seven <laughs> weeks. But, uh, you know, let's get to episode probably nine and we'll say, well, well, well done, Liverpool. Um, yeah, but look, you'll say that. Look, mathematically, they haven't won, but they're going to win the title. Um, if they don't win the title, mate, I'll give you, I'll buy you... F- 45 packs or whatever box of boxes of cards you want. Um, Ooh, that's recorded already. That's great. Yeah, that's good. I should have a press record, so we're going to have to start again. Um, no bullshit. Um, mate, look, I, I'm really excited to watch the relegation battle and, and the top four battle. I think the top mm. four battle is a very intriguing battle there. We've got some, you know, like City's going to finish, should, should finish second. Um, and then it's anyone's kind of race for that third, fourth, fifth, sixth spot. You'd say Leicester are almost locked in, you know, being five points clear of Chelsea in fourth. Um, but anything can happen. Um, even down to, oh, you know, Sheffield United, Tottenham, Arsenal, they're not that far off. What do you got? You got Chelsea on 48 points in fourth and then Arsenal in ninth at 40. You probably say Arsenal are out of it. I, I just don't yeah. think they've, they've drawn way too many games uh, this yeah, season. I, th- I think they're, um, well, look, they've got a game in hand. They could go to 43 there. Um, which is in hands against Man City. That's fine. We've we've been we've been in Man City before. And Man City have lost. Mate, looking at the table now, Man City have lost seven games. I yeah, could not crazy. remember the last time that there was that big of a number. Mate, they're, they're three losses away. They got ten games to go. They could win seventy percent of their games and lose three, and they they've, they've hit double figures in their loss column. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, it just goes to show how good Liverpool have been this season. Yeah, I don't like them. Everyone knows that. But you have to respect them. Um, interesting, actually, looking, because we actually spent a bit of time looking at the table and analysing it. You know, Wolves have lost... Wolves and Arsenal have both lost the second least amount of games. They've lost less games than Man City this season. Yeah, six, yeah. Yeah, and Man City have lost seven. Then Leicester have lost eight. I tell, you, I, tell you what, I tell you what's absolutely appalling is that... Newcastle scored 25 goals, the same amount as Norwich. <laughs> That's yeah, disgusting. We, we, yeah, it's our defence. Our home defence has sort of kept us in um, a yeah. decent position. We're, we're 1-0 merchants with the complete opposite of the Newcastle of 20 years ago. Yeah, we are. We're, neg- we're minus 16, so it's pretty close down there. Mate. But, so what's... um? Mate, looking at that, yes, as I said, I'm pretty excited to get back and watch a little bit of football um, and have meaningful football, which is great. Um I love, like, back in a fantasy Premier League, which I, I like to do every year, um, and I just started creeping my way back to the top of the table, and then, you know, some crappy virus decided to come along and wipe football out. Um, now, I've read an article, and, and Paul Scholes reckons that United can clinch that fourth spot. Um, I'm not sure. I don't say why not. Yeah, well, um, I mean, like mathematically, and that's probably your favorite yeah. over the last seven, seven <laughs> weeks. Um, mate, they can, but... I, I I think the the top four stays as is. 
So, I think if any team is going to crack that top four, it's probably going to be Man United. Yeah, they've got the talent there, and if they can get Pogba firing uh, in that centre mid, if they can get him on the pitch and firing, they can get the top four. I'm, I'd be happy with the top four the way as it is. I'd love to see Leicester stay I'd there. See, I'd love to see Wolves or Sheffield United go. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, wouldn't we all, mate? If, um, if Sheffield United, I mean, their season's been a success no matter what. I'd love to see them get Europe, crack Europa. Um, because they've only lost seven games this season. I mean, I had them dead certs to be relegated uh, at the start of the year. I thought, looked at their squad and looked at the manager, because he's pretty unproven, really. Chris Wilder yeah. in the Premier League, he's never been there. Um, I looked at them and I'm like, nah, they're, they're not going to cope. They'll, they'll go straight back down. But mate, pleasantly surprised, you know. And it's not the most attractive football, but it's effective football. And that's all you need. Yeah, mate, I think, uh, exactly. It doesn't have to be pretty if it, um, mate, they're, they're sitting... They seem pretty on the table, and there is, the, the football doesn't exactly have to look. Thirty goals, 25, 20, 30 goals for, twenty-five against. They have the second best defensive record in the league. Yeah, so that and goes uh, to show the old saying of defense wins games. But it's the same in most sports. You got a good defense, and uh, you'll uh, you'll chip you'll chip away. The only my only concern about Chelsea is just their inconsistency. So they'll they'll play a big game and they'll play well, and then the next week, mate, they'll they'll play a, a bottom half. Um, bottom half side and, and they won't turn up and they'll lose, you know, one nil, two one, two nil, whatever it may be. And then but then they'll put three or four on a team next week. I think Lampard's still trying to find his feet as a top tier manager. Um but at the same time, look, he um for me, he's had a lot of time to work with his squad as well. Um, in regards to there's no new signings coming in. He's got what he's got. Um, their inconsistency worries me, but I, I do believe that it's probably going to stay as is. Um, like you said, I think Man United is the only team that could probably sneak in there. Uh, or Wolves, you know. I mean, Wolves with Jimenez and Neves and Traore's having a breakout season this year. They, they, they've only lost six games, Wolves. You know, yeah. they've drawn a lot. They've drawn 13 games a season. A lot of those have been draws to save a defeat rather than, you know, being one point gained rather than two points lost. But they're still there or thereabouts. Yeah, they're flying about. Traore's done well. Um, I have, I, I think he's done, I think the media, to be honest, has made him... Um, look like he's done a whole lot more. Um, he has come off the bench quite a few times and, and you're going you're gonna to see that. There's 75 minutes gone in the game. You bring on someone that runs 100 faster than Usain Bolt with a football um, and it, it's going to open open your eyelids and, and get people on the edge of their seat, which is great. Um, he's been great in patches, but he's also been a little bit anonymous for me. Um, but in saying that, he's heavily linked and I know we've got this in our notes, but, uh, but he's heavily linked to Liverpool. He is. Um, Klopp loves him. Is this because Klopp has missed out on every single transfer target he's looked at so far? Uh, are you saying he's sort of like the silver medal option, Trey Ore? Uh, well, yeah, you'd rather Sancho, wouldn't you? You would. Liverpool are never going to pay that for Sancho, I don't think. Liverpool, um, they, they do their scouting. They do their due diligence. They'll only pay for somebody if they're absolutely guaranteed to be a success. That's why they broke the world record for Alisson for his position and Virgil for his position because they, they knew that they were game changers for Liverpool. Yeah, do I don't well. think they're convinced by Sancho. <laughs> Look at uh, Mkhitaryan. When he played for Dortmund, he had similar figures to Sancho. He came to the Premier yeah. League, didn't, he's didn't done do nothing. that much. He's done, exactly. he's done nothing at Arsenal. He did nothing at United. So that's the thing. So yeah. I think Liverpool, they, they know... They, they know. I think they did the same with Werner as well. They thought 50-odd million pounds is not... They're not comfortable paying that right now. If they could, could have got him cheaper, they would. But. Yeah, mate, I kind of agree with that with Werner as well. Um, 
Look, his stats are phenomenal. Um, and he's banging them in week by week. And he got an assist on the weekend, I think. Um, and there, I think there was 1-0 or 1-1. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mate, he's, he's doing well. But I think we'll, we'll chat more about him later on. But I, I think you're right there. I think I think Liverpool do do they do their due diligence pretty well in the transfer market. Or of late, they have. Of late. Of late. They've, they've <laughs> yeah, done they were well. burnt. They were, they've been burnt plenty of times. But, um, mate, you look at what they've done. And, and, yeah, you can name a lot of bad signings. But they're, they're good signings. Of, at least in the last three to five years, have certainly outweighed outweighed um, their, their crappy ones, mate. Um, no positive tests. It's twelve, just under twelve hundred tests. Um, coronavirus tests, which is good. So zero positive tests, as we said last week. If there's none last week, there should be none this week, um, yep. which is phenomenal. So every, look, that's that's great. That just gives, I guess, it gives the organisers a little bit more confidence to slowly, you know, to, to put the game back in. But it also gives. Um, accelerates the opportunity to put fans back in the stadium soon, which is good. Um, yep, mate, I agree. Uh, yeah, I, I, um, mate, I, I'm, ex- I'm really excited for the Premier League to start. It's, uh, I think it's two weeks nearly today, isn't it? Oh, it's less than seven. Yeah. I think. Oh, the time difference. I think we get on the 18th. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Man City Arsenal. I think is the first game. Um, yeah. So, mate, I just, I just needed to come back. <laughs> I'm missing it. It's actually, so it's actually um, Aston Villa, mate, and Sheffield United. Oh, okay. The Aston Villa. Yeah. yeah, so Aston Villa, Sheffield United, it's the first game. Then Could be Brazil, Argentina. Like, it basically is in terms of importance right now for me. You know, I'll oh, watch yeah. It. Mate, I'll it's watch actually, it. Yeah, it could be Stevenage versus Colchester, man. Oh, I hate Stevenage. Giuliano Grazioli scored against us in the FA yeah, Cup. I remember that. Stevenage Borough. Bloke yeah. got, um, one of the players got paid for with a bag of footballs or something like that. Um, mate, but let's talk about our team quickly in the Premier League before we move on. Um, Mate, we have a really good run uh, in terms of our fixture list. We, we play Sheffield United at home um, in front of our adoring fans. <laughs> um, it's at 11. Yeah. Um, then we have Villa at home, which is huge. Uh, so, which is probably the... Well, look, every game is going to be quite quite big for us. That, 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 that's enormous. Uh, mate, Bournemouth away who are in trouble. Uh, the list goes on there. It's going to be pretty interesting to see how we um, shape up in the next few. I've, uh, have you been... Uh, mate, Behind the behind the behind closed doors games have been happening for Newcastle. Yeah, uh, I saw that. Cracker yeah. from Ben to Leb. Did you see it? Yeah, I did see that. I did Oof. see that. And he celebrated on Twitter my first goal at St James Park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's um we, I think we should get two wins. I think we'll beat Villa and Bournemouth. We should. We should definitely be aiming for if we win those two games, we're safe. I mean we're on thirty five points now, I think. I, I think we probably need the standard forty-point margin, just to be safe this year. Yeah, but around, I, around thirty-five. I think we, I think we're two wins away from two wins away from safety. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think so too. I don't think we are in too great a danger of going down. We don't really have any injuries. No clubs really do. As I don't think. Yeah. Um, nothing serious anyway. So full squad to choose from. Um, confidence is pretty high uh, at Newcastle, really, uh, on the pitch. You know, we haven't played too badly of late. Um, so I think we'll be fine. I'm yeah, quite we, confident. We've got, we've got a few tough games. We've still got to play City, um, Liverpool and Spurs. Um, but that Liverpool game, mate, it's going to be the last game of the season. So hopefully we have a, we have a new... Uh, hopefully there's some fans. Like, yeah, you know. or at least a you know, new owner at least. And they get <laughs> yeah. a title. It's going to be canned times 4.5 million, um, <laughs> which is great. But yeah, no, I think I honestly think we'll be all right. I think we, we can jag a result against uh, Sheffield United. We'll go into that Villa game with a lot of confidence. Um, and then we're away at Bournemouth, mate. I, I think we can... I think we come out of this and ease a little bit of anxiety because it'd be nothing worse than just dragging down. But we are eight points clear. This is why those two games are huge, mate. Villa are on 25 with a game in hand. They go to 28 if they win that. 
Um, Bournemouth from 27, mate. If we if we start to lose those games um, against teams like that, if we can if we can get over Bournemouth and Villa, that that's us safe because then we pull eight to ten clear from them. I think that's yeah. Good. Yeah, I think I think that's all we need. Uh, well, if we get something out of those games, ideally two wins. Um, I think Villa are in trouble, man. I really yeah. do. Yeah. So, mate. All right. So, quick uh, couple of APL questions. Who is your um, probably underachiever? Underachiever. Ooh, I think it's toss up. Probably Everton. I think Everton spent a lot of money and they haven't really done anything. Yep. Yep. Uh, this year, I expected big things. You know, signed Moisey Keane. You know, from Juventus. You know, this wonder kid. Did nothing really. They brought Ancelotti in, uh, and they're linked with a lot of high-profile players. But I still think they've um, been a little bit disappointing. Um, it's hard to look past Arsenal and Spurs as well. You know, sitting eighth and ninth in the Premier League, clubs of that that size shouldn't be below Sheffield United or Wolves in yeah. the Premier League table. Um, I agree. I agree. I got four. I probably have four underachievers for me. It's just the Spurs, Arsenal, Everton, definitely, and Man City. I, I, just, just going yeah. back to them. But, but yeah, you spoke heavily about not replacing Vincent Company and putting Fernandinho at, at centre back, um, and that's hurt them immensely. Um, so that for me, they've they've really, really struggled. They struggled at the bat. They've been inconsistent. Um, they've scored the most goals in Premier League, which is obviously going to happen. Um, but yeah, there's probably four underachievers for me in in the, in the Premier League. Um, I guess the bottom three. Almost speaks for itself. I guess Bournemouth is probably a little bit of a surprise. Um, but the rest, mate, it's, yeah, I think the rest is pretty normal. West Ham probably I would love, love to see go down, to be honest. Yeah, I, I used to have a soft spot uh, for West Ham back in the day. You know, I used to love Pilot Canio <clears throat> when he was at West Ham. And the, oh, they brought through a heap of um, young England players. Mm, you know, mm. Joe Cole, Rio Ferdinand, yeah. Michael Carrick, Jermaine Defoe. Yeah, they did, uh, they did all right, uh, didn't they? Frank Lampard, you know, they all came through the West Ham Academy and it was Glenn Johnson was another one. Yep. Uh, yeah, there was the um, there was a production line for England for quite a while, the old West Ham Academy. Yeah, mate, it's, um, they just don't do a lot for me of late. Um, all right, who's your who's your overachiever? Sheffield United. Yeah, it's, it's got to be. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's got to be. Um, uh, it's just been, it's, it's refreshing. You know, it's great to see a promoted club come up and, and not just, look to survive they've actually you know they go into games thinking that they can win you know and chris wilder if he's not it's hard not to give klopp manager of the year but um if klopp's 1a yeah. then wilder's 1b because yeah, um, so. he's going to be on a bigger and better things his stock has risen a lot this year and so have a lot of their players uh, a big fan of ender stevens you know in defense i think he's been class uh, for Sheffield United this year so i think there's um lundstrom as well mate lundstrom has been phenomenal yeah. for them um Usually defender, but playing in that sort of central midfield holding role at times gets forward a little bit. Um, he's been phenomenal. He's been great on fantasy as well, which is good <laughs> for me. He hasn't he hasn't left my team, um, mate. For me, that's probably the only overachiever. Has Liverpool overachieved? Uh, I don't what, think so. Twenty-seven, one and one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I expected them to be there or thereabouts. Probably not to have this kind of season. Uh, you, you could say they've overachieved, but. I don't think so. I think they're yeah. always going to be there or thereabouts in the top one or top two this season. I think so, mate. You look at the table last year and um, City and mate, any other any other Premier League year, Liverpool would have won every single title, uh, finishing second behind City. And that just goes to show that they've just gone, all right, we've learned from that. We're just going to take it that one little step further um, and then push through. All right, Bundesliga, um, another another round of games, <laughs> nearly done and dusted. Yep. Um, Bayern actually had to come from behind. Um which is not very normal for them. 
No. Um, refreshing. Yeah, so refreshing. But when I say behind, they were only behind for 17 minutes. Um, mate, they're doing well. They're, they're two wins away from the title. I don't think, as we said this last week, no one's going to catch them. Um, mate, they banked, they banked four four goals, full unanswered goals in um, before there was, you know, by Leverkusen went on to, to score late on. And as you mentioned, mate, youngest ever... Um, Bundesliga scorer. Yeah. Wurtz, yeah. Florian Wurtz, yep. Uh, 17 years and 34 days, I think, breaking the record held by Nuri Shaheen mm. uh, when he's at Dortmund, who was 17 years and two months. Great, so, mid- great midfielder. Great midfielder. So this could go one of either two ways. If you use a Premier League analogy, he could either be the next Wayne Rooney or the next James Vaughan. Oh, so, oh James Vaughan. <laughs> I remember yeah, watching James Vaughan burst a blood vessel on his foot, actually, in one game. And it was disturbing. It was That's um, a random thing to remember. Yeah, blood everywhere. And everyone was screaming, but it was like he wasn't in pain. It was just blood going everywhere. It just wouldn't yeah. stop. It's kind of gross. Mate, they're, yeah, they're miles out. They're seven points ahead of Dortmund. Um, yeah, it's game over. Game over in the Bundesliga. Yeah, they say. But there's a, the race for top four still on. Um, Mush and Gladbach is in fourth by Leverkusen in fifth. Um, you know, Hoffenheim won't catch any of those. Um, no, because they, they let Joel Linton go, so they're not going to catch them. That's very true. Yeah, he, he scored all their goals. Uh, mate, he did score in training, but he fell over again. He always he falls over when he shoots. Um, look, I, I'm going to give him, and let's go backwards again. I've been reading a lot of stuff on Twitter lately, and a lot of fans are giving him a lot of stick. He he want, He's come out of the media, and he said he wants to work hard. He wants to fight for Newcastle and wear the jersey, wear the number nine jersey with a bit of pride. Look, mate, for me, if that if he he's saying all the right things, um, I think we, I think as fans, especially in the UK, need to give him a bit, give him that support um, because there's plenty of players that will just go into their shell, 40 million pound, take their money and just disappear. But he's actually come out fighting saying he wants to uh, do well for the club. So that's, that's a lot of brownie points with me. Yeah. I, I don't doubt his attitude. I don't doubt that he wants to be a success. It's just, he hasn't clicked yet. I, like we, we've said previous episodes, there's a player in there. We, we need to facilitate that to get out of him. You know, we need to get that player out. We haven't given him any support. We've yeah. given him nothing. So yeah. it's it's a thankless task. Rondon worked miracles last year for us. To have the season he had with that team, that's phenomenal. So to expect Joel Linton to come in, who's not as experienced as Rondon, hadn't played in the Premier League, to replace Rondon and to do as well as, it was an uphill battle from the start. Yeah, I agree, mate. I couldn't agree more. Um, so look at that top four, mate. Dortmund's got a good Dortmund's probably going to finish second or third. Um, but you got Red Bull, Mush and Gladbach, Bailovic, because they're all fighting for that fourth spot. So it's a little bit of... Um... Yeah, Red Bull uh, slipped up, though. You know, considered a last-minute equaliser to bottom-place Paderborn. That's yep. uh, two points dropped. That's That could be huge, because they were they would have closed the gap to two points on Dortmund in second, I think, if they won that game. So that's um, that, that could be a costly loss at home I mean, as well. I think so too, mate. Whatever um, that means, anyway. Yeah, yeah, home, away, away, <laughs> home. Um, mate, we spoke about so on the subject, we spoke about Timo. Um, I think, and, and we spoke about Liverpool's ability to scout and scout pretty well. Um, I do believe that Klopp thinks that he's not good enough for Liverpool, um, or not good enough for Liverpool, but for that price tag. Um, Robbie Fowler's come out and said that he's definitely not good enough for Liverpool. Um, which is interesting. Um, look, the, the kid can score a goal. He's got a lot of talents. Um, it looks like he's on his way to Chelsea, which is huge. Mate, Chelsea's front three for next season um, could be could be pretty good. There's a lot of... They're, they're, they're shopping well, 
on paper. Let's see how it translates next season. Werner, 50 million. I think the Red Bull coach came out and said that his release clause hadn't been met yet. His release clause is around 52, 54. So I think Chelsea have offered just below that. So it's not a done deal. It's almost done. Um, I think they're going to offer him £200,000 or something a week, something ridiculous. But Chelsea are in the position now where they were fortunate that they had the transfer ban last year because now they've got money left over and yeah. they can actually spend it now. So, And they've got the Murata money coming in. Um, yeah, yeah. They're getting rid of Pedro and William off the wage bill, which is huge. So they, they're in um, a pretty good bargaining position now. Um, and they've just pounced on this. They saw Liverpool, you know, um and ah a little bit and they just thought, Bugger it, let's just jump in. 50 mil, let's get him. Because he is a quality player. Well, no, he, he, look, he's scoring goals. He's, he's, a, he's a proven goal scorer in the Bundesliga. Um, a lot of great men have fallen in the Premier League. Um, mate, Tammy Abraham's doing a great job for Chelsea. Uh, absolute cracking job. Where does that leave Tammy in this front three? I don't want him to be the odd man out because I think he's been great. And yeah, he's capped for England now. Uh, he's done a really good job. He did well at Villa. Um, we were linked to him for a while as well. We would have loved him. We were talking yeah. about him for quite a while. I don't th- I don't think you could drop him yet though, but you can't, spell 50, can't spend 50 million pounds on a striker just to leave him on the bench. Yeah. Tammy Abraham, it's too easy to leave him on the bench now because he's an academy graduate. He didn't cost anything. He's still young. He's still learning the game. So he's likely going to be the fall guy here. Uh, which which sucks for him because next year, leading into Euro 2021, he's going to be needing to play games if he wants mm. to make that squad. It's interesting too because we there have been issues where his attitude hasn't really matched his potential or his ability at the start when he was a little bit younger. He's he's a little bit he's obviously much better now. So, mate, I think he's he's done extremely well for Chelsea. And he's probably the reason why they're sitting in the fourth spot at the minute. Um, so it'd be a bit, bit of a kick in the teeth for me if Lumpard turns around and goes, See, we've got Timo come in. Um, he's going to start ahead. But, you know, potentially they could figure out a way to play. Look, that's, that's Lampard's problem and not my problem. Uh, competition for places. You know, iron sharpens iron. You know, it might make Tammy a better player. You know, knowing over his shoulders, a £50 million, you know, wonder kid, you know, Timo Werner. He's come over, big reputation, big price tag. It's it could galvanise Tammy. Is um moving on, mate. Traore is his potential transfer to Liverpool a like for like replacement for Shakiri? I think so. Uh, yeah. I think Shakiri is on his way out there. Um, and Klopp wants Traore. Uh, I think Traore offers a lot more than Shakiri. Shakiri is obviously a lot more technical, a lot, but um, in terms of physical ability, Traore is almost unparalleled. The, the guy's a physical beast, and he's actually managed to combine that with the football at his feet now. Before he was just a sprinter. He's like Yedlin, you know. Unbelievable running up and down. Put a ball at his feet, didn't know what to do. Yeah, and doesn't realise he's actually a footballer. Yeah. There you go. Exactly. He was a sprinter <laughs> first, a footballer second. Yeah. But um, I think Klopp definitely wants Traore and I think Liverpool kind of provide Traore to him. Uh, Klopp, I think Klopp really did want Werner. Um, but I think it was the scouting guys came back and they're like, yeah, I don't think he's what you need so Klopp definitely wants to reinforce uh, yeah. what we said last week the best best time to uh, strengthen your squad is when you're on top and that's what Liverpool needs to do yeah. and I think they will they'll make at least one or two statement signings at least I hope they do anyway for their sake yeah I think so it's um, be interesting I, I haven't seen a, f- um, a price quoted for Trejo yet or what is it about look he, um, he was from Middlesbrough for 18 million pound I believe um, be interesting to see how much he's going to go for. But I know, speaking about Wolves, I know uh, Raul Jimenez um, 
mate, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer wants him at United. Um, it'd, be, it'd be silly not to want him. He's a class player. He's phenomenal, mate. That would absolutely decimate Wolves <laughs> if you lose Troy and Jimenez. I think, you know, but I'll tell you what, Wolves have signed extremely well with their Portuguese connections. Um, but on the subject of Wolves, do, do they hold on to Ruben Evers this year? I think so, actually. I think they do. Um, they're in a good position now. They still could make the Champions League. If they make Europe, there's no real reason for Ruben Neves to leave. Uh, he's got it pretty good there. Uh, you know, we've, we've known about him being football manager fans for a long, 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 long time. Uh, and when we finally saw him make the move to Wolves when they were the championship, it, it raised some eyebrows. We're like, well, this guy's a world beater. What's he going to the championship for? It, it sucked because we could never sign him again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So... I think if Wolves lose Traore and Jimenez, they're going to have a pretty difficult time replacing them. Yeah. Uh, obviously, they'll go shopping in Portugal. You know, they've got the Jorge Mendes connection. So they'll just go and um, buy whoever they need to. Yeah, and then, that's um, what I remember when Ruben Neves signed for Wolves. That just reminded me of um, Mascarano and Tevez signing <laughs> for West Ham. Yeah, Alan Pardew in the middle of those two. That just didn't seem to make sense. <laughs> Still Zero doesn't. sense. No, so it, it, it's quite funny. Mate, uh, Chilwell to Chelsea as well. I think that, that, that that's a great move for Chelsea. Chelsea? I think it's a great um, move for Chelsea. But less they've demanded that um, he's at the same value as um, he's the same value as, as Harry Maguire. That's a lot of money. A lot of money. I don't know if he's Harry Maguire money. Um, I think Chelsea will probably pay 50. Yeah. I think Leicester will want 60, but I don't think they'll get 60 for Chilwell. Um I think it'd be a great signing for, uh, for Chelsea. I think the left-back position has sort of been their Achilles heel for a while. You know, Alonso didn't really do much there. As Piliqueta's filled in a bit there, but he's more a right-sided player. Yeah. Um, I think Chilwell would fit nicely in that. Um, yeah, they've probably struggled since Ashley Coles left, to be honest. Um, yeah, probably. They yeah. haven't had anyone, and that was actually called in the last few years of his career too. Um, probably the best left-back the Premier League scene. I think so. Like I think so. Opinion. Chelsea did all right. They're Graham Lasso left-back for a little bit. Um, yeah. Is um yeah they they, they did alright he has he is the best left back the Premier League's ever seen that's probably why uh you know Roberto Carlos never signed Arsenal we're just reading that, that article <laughs> just before um yep. mate yeah that's it I can't see him going for that they quoted a hundred million something stupid like that they, that that's not going to happen um not in no hundred million pound signings no no not at all not in this day and age um you know, there's only one or two players that will probably go for about that and that's probably Mbappe and and um but yeah, but that's it. I think I can see Barcelona coming in with a couple of players and some money for Neymar. I can't see them paying a hundred million up front with their financial troubles that they've got. Nah, they can't. They have the assets, um, then they can top it up with some cash. So I think that's that's certainly the way forward um, for them, mate. Um, Van der Beek to United. This is a player that Newcastle are linked with, not heavily, but in, in spits and spats. In passing, yeah. Pre takeover, mate. Um, mate, to United, I, I, I honestly think you, you would slot in quite well there. He would, but how many centre midfielders do they need? Well, yeah, that's very true. But um, Ollie, uh, mate, Ollie needs to learn, or not needs to learn, but he, he's going to have to juggle his squad around. Um, does Pogba stay? Look, he's there's, there's, you know, what you read in the media is not effectively actually what happens, and and we understand this through. Um, you know, in, in all sports and all life and, and especially what's going on at the moment now. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if Pogba goes. Um, you know, are the clubs going to pay what they need for Pogba? So I don't think so. I, I think his value's diminished in the last couple of years. Um, he's not the asset now that he was a couple of years ago. 
he's still got the talent. It's just the attitude uh, with Pogba for me has really put him off um, potential suitors. And he's not, he's not a cheap player. His wages aren't cheap. So really, Real Madrid have been sniffing. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't see it. I think, unfortunately, for Man United, um, McTominay may be the fall guy. But yeah, it's I been harsh. So but that just goes back to like what we said. Academy kid, see you later. Exactly. They're an easy, it's an easy out. Um, although I think the Man United fans might stick up and probably just say, you know, Fred, drop Fred. He's been better this season, but still not worth the price tag that they paid. Yeah, I think uh, he's I think he's probably going to be the big four guy, to be honest. And they've got Angel Gomez, another young kid as well, coming through that uh, potentially, you know, might leave, but they don't want to because, you know, there's big raps on him like there was Ravel Morrison, you know, a few yeah. years ago, you know, the next superstar coming from the academy. Yeah. Um, but Man United are in a pretty good position, though. They've got a, they've got a good squad. Um, I'm still not convinced by Solskjaer as a manager. Uh, much like Frank Lampard with Chelsea, you know, that they're, they're a bit inconsistent. I think that's inexperience and naivety. I think if they had a bit more of an experience, you know, above or an assistant manager, someone who's, you know, a bit more tactical, uh, a bit more tactical now, I think they'd be good managers. But right now, I don't know. I just, um, I'm not convinced by Solskjaer. Yeah, mate. I, um, I, I, I agree with him. I think that's, that's quite logical thinking is that, um, you know, you're an inexperienced manager. The first thing you're going to do is, is look for an assistant, your right-hand man, to be very experienced. Um, and that, that's usually what happens in all sports. You know, you come in, you get the job, you get the job, you're an ex-player, um, but you haven't really been there before. If You know, if I turned a head coach for, any, for anything in particular, I'd be looking to someone with extreme experience to, to bring him in and, and try to guide you through. And, and that's probably why potentially Chelsea have gone a little bit um, yo-yo in their in their results. You know, they'll, they'll play well, and they'll, as we said earlier, they'll play well, and they'll drop off some points against some easy teams. And that's potentially down to experience and the ability to think on your feet and tactically adjust during the games and, and yell at your instructions or whatnot. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting. It'd be very, very interesting. But, mate, on a um, little random one here, um, Real Madrid. Mate, Real Madrid's attacking attacking death is, is not bad. Um, it's not bad, mate. Mariano, what happened to him? <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, didn't he wear the number seven jersey after Ronaldo or something? He did. So, him, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. But he hasn't really. That was a strange one for me. That was a strange, strange signing. So he's actually stats are better than Ronaldo, Puskas, Bale, and Raul when he plays for Real Madrid. Yeah, he's only played like five games, yeah. <laughs> like ten games, but his stats are actually better. So, like, like, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. It's, is, um, is on the penalty spot making a bold prediction that Mariano is going to be uh, a world beater in the next few years? No, I think I think Mariano is the uh, Real Madrid um, Bebe of United, Man United. <laughs> Bebe, yeah, many Ferguson signed up that even watching him. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, mate. Yeah, that's. Um, yeah, that, that that was just a random thought. I was just thinking, it's like, you know, I haven't heard of this kid. I was just thinking, Vinicius Junior, Rodrigo. You got all these players popping up, young kids, and this poor Blake's, you know, behind a couple of 17, 18 year olds. Um, yes. Speaking of Brazilians, because he is Brazilian, but he's actually Spanish, so he can be Spanish because he's not playing. Um, and, well, no, he's actually, um, what is he? Saint Saint Martin or something. He's like three, three, four. You know, mate, Catherine's yeah. birthday today. He's fifty. We spoke about him oh. last week. Dude, um, the great man. Funny stat, Cafu's the only player ever in the history of FIFA World Cups to what? Putting you on the spot here, on the penalty Put spot. Put me on the penalty spot. Uh, only player to play... 
only did you say only defender? No, only player, only World Cup player to do what? You play five World Cups? Nope, playing three World Cup finals, finals. consecutively. Uh, there you go. Yeah, 94, 98, 98 2002. 2002. Yeah, nice. good little stat that, hey? Yeah, it's a good little player. Because yeah. Ronaldo didn't actually get on the pitch in 94. No, he didn't. No, yeah. he was uh, behind Bebeto and Romario, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah those two little midgets. <laughs> Romario didn't even run, mate. Mate, Romario, Romario has caught offside more than any other footballer in, in, in the history of world football. Mm-hmm. Mate, you um, You're pulling out all the stats today. Yeah, just a few little ones, mate. I, I do like a little bit of a, a random... I do run trivia for um, for my clients on a Thursday night in this current mm-hmm. climate. I throw out a few random little stats um, through some of the uh, some of the questions that I give out, which is pretty cool. Mate, what, was, uh, uh, what was interesting about uh, Gary Lineker's career? What was an interesting stat about him that's well-known? Can you tell me? Mm. He nah, played, a, played he a lot of games, but he never ever received a yellow card. Oh wow! Yeah, well, wow. cleanest player. Although, if anyone knows, he did actually take a shit on the pitch once. There's right. footage of it on YouTube, yeah, so he probably, wasn't that clean. That's yeah. probably high, that's probably a high five back then. That's a <laughs> that's a great stat. I enjoyed yeah. that. That's good. Yeah, no yellow cards in his career. So squeaky clean, Gary Lineker. Same with Mario Balotelli. I don't think he's got a yellow card. <laughs> he shot off more fireworks in his house, and Lineker had uh, yellow cards in his career. Yeah, he's got. He's actually got more yellow cards, and he's got um, goals this season. Unfortunately for the kids, um, <laughs> he's, lot a, of, he's a lunatic. A lot of potential, mate. A lot of potential. Actually, on the subject of Cafu, Cafu's actually come out and said, "Trent Alexander Arnold could be the best player in the world and become the best player in the world um, at Liverpool." I think that's. I think that would be phenomenal if we can see a right back, wing back. Um, become the best player in the world. Like, who's your tip? Um, you know, Ronaldo, Messi. We'll, we'll never see this era again. It's the same, no. as, it's the same as Federer, Nadal and Djokovic. Um, Golden era. Mm. Yeah, like, who, who's the next in line? Who are your, who are your next three in line? Ooh, next three in line. And this, uh, brings us, this brings us to our little game. So your next top three. Who are your next three in line? Um, to be the top three footballers in the world, let's say within the next five years. And you're not allowed to say Ronaldo and Messi are going to sustain their form. Yeah, no, no, no. And I, I won't say Neymar anyway. No, uh, in the 20, next five years, yeah. yeah. And is still going to be there because he's still yep. going to be young. So Mbappe. Yep. Um, I mean, Cafu could be right about Trent Alexander-Arnold, cause I, but I'm not sure how long he's going to stay at right back. I think Liverpool might, they could push him further forward because he can play in midfield as well. I actually don't think they need to push him further forward. I think his, ab- his ability to get up and down the pitch, track pack and defend and put in... I mean, his assist record is... He's nearly beating Paul Scholes. Yeah, um, already. He's, he's only played three Premier League seasons or something like that. Um, I don't think they need to push him up the pitch. I think it would just be an absolute waste when he can link up with someone like... Uh, you know, Salah down that right side of the pitch. Link up, we link up with an attacking uh, player, and then work in unison as opposed to playing in that role. And um, yeah, it will, it'd be great to have a, a, an attacking right mid with the ability to track back and defend. We've seen plenty of players not track back. Ben Arfa <laughs> being one. Yeah, ben Arfa, um, yeah. Look, I, I, yeah, I think he could be. I think he could be the best player in the world playing from right back. Yeah, uh, it's hard to argue. Um, third player, there's there's a lot. You know, obviously being biased, you know, I'm thinking English as well. But, you know, someone like Tiago Almada as well, who we spoke about, he's, yep. a, he's a left field option. Uh, big raps on him. Um, ooh, it's really tough. You know, Mbappe, yeah, Mbappe is definitely going to be there. Vinicius Jr., you know, uh, well, Real Madrid Vin- and, and Vin- Sufati. 
Vinicius is good, mate. Like for me, he's he's getting a lot of game time. He's 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 playing well and he's developing really well. Um, he's just stuck. He's just stuck with that last final ball, that ability to put the ball in the back of the net for me. For Real Madrid have really been big on their wingers to score goals. Just, just score goals. Ronaldo, uh, Bale, um, everyone who plays on the wing, Luis Figo. Um, for me, he's a couple of goals away. I actually think Rodrigo has the ability to, to overtake Vinicius Jr. in that pecking order and score goals. He has he has the knack to, to he's he's got a knack for knack for the back of the net, um, mate. For me, that that third that third one is a big question mark. Um, there's Mbappe and, and Trent Alexander Arnold. I think that's um, the third one's it's quite tough. Yeah, you can look at it, you know, Kevin De Bruyne's and um, um, your, your Van Dykes and stuff like that, um, but. I think it's, in left field. I'm trying to think. I don't yeah. want someone established already. I want to, you know, like an Ansu Fati from Barcelona. You know, he yeah. started off really well uh, this season. You know, Marcus Rashford is still going to be young in five years' time. Harland. Harland. Harland, yeah, exactly. Although I think Harland, I don't know if he'll... Um, he'll probably be Phil Lewandowski role. You know, a great world-class striker, but I don't think he'll ever be considered mm-hmm. best player in the world. He's just mm-hmm. too one-dimensional. I think Which so. is not think, a bad, it's yeah. not bad to have that one dimension of scoring a shitload of goals. No, I agree, but I don't think a best player in the world is very um, one dimensional. Look, um, no. you look, you look at all the players of one, the Ballon d'Or, and it's Messi, your Ronaldo, your Kaká, um, Rivaldo, Ronaldinho. Like he definitely wasn't one dimensional. Uh, Fabio Cannavaro was the last defender to win a. Um, what a player! Player of the year. Oof. What a great player he was. Um, very short centre back too. Good looking. The Italian Bramble they called him. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh they called Bram. They called Bramble. Yeah, the, the English kind of. Oh. Yeah, nice. Um, mate, yeah, I, I agree with that. Someone that oh, Almada could be a good shout. Look, let, let's go on record and say Almada in five years' time could be in the top three. Right. To, we'll we'll top, put that top, tweet out and we'll top, pin it. Top five in the world. Yeah, we'll pin that tweet. So in a couple of years' time, you can come back look at. At, on the pen spot on Twitter and just see the pin tweet yeah. from whatever the day in June this is. Um, right. We said Tiago Amada would be um, a world-class player. I like that, mate. I like and, it. Um, yeah, you. we'll hashtag football manager as well and at Miles Jacobson and say, yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Right, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's on our to-do list then. Uh, yeah, what is done. It? Twitter, Amada, next five years. Yeah, that's it. Pin it. Yeah, player of the year, P-O-T-Y. How good. How good! <laughs> no, no pressure, Tiago, if you're listening. No, no, no pressure. Yeah, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not um, sure how big we are in the in, uh, the Spanish-speaking countries. In in Argentina, yeah. yeah. Oh dear, that's, that's, that's absolutely made my night. That's fantastic. <laughs> um, mate, play of the week. That's my turn. It's your turn this week, mate. Yeah. So um, I had um, Alfonso Davies last week. So mate, who have you got for us this week? Mate, it's hard to um, go past the Bundesliga because it's really the only league. <laughs> That's played. Or mind you, the um, mate, Port- Portugal's Portugal. made, yeah. made a comeback. Um, and I actually didn't get a chance to, to look into too much of that. Um, mainly because my Porto lost. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I just didn't get a chance to put in. And, and I lost it. Oh, look at that. Ben Freak and Porto, 60 points each. They're 14 points clear of third. That's going to be yeah, with Five goals clear. Five goals clear. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Mate, my play of the week, funny enough, I put a multi on. Um, not a multi, just the same game multi. Um, with the Freiburg and uh, Bush and Garbage game. And I just had an inkling, like, um, Nils Peterson. The, the, he comes off the bench more than any other player in the Bundesliga. And, um, mate, he, he gets my play, play of the week. A, 
he came on in the 58th minute um, for Freiburg. It was nil all at the time. Nothing was happening during the game. Um, so it was a little bit lackluster. Um, mate, he scored within 25 seconds. <laughs> he has been absolutely phenomenal. Um, he's actually scored 24 goals as a substitute throughout his Bundesliga career. That's I think huge. that's um, that's fantastic. Not only that, he's actually... Uh, and it was from a set piece as well. Freiburg has scored a lot of goals from set piece. I think it's yeah, actually, something yeah. like 65, 70% from set piece. Um, but, mate, he, he gets my play of the week. He's in the right spot at the right time. He came off. He was in my multi just to be first goal scorer. Uh, but I did have Mutch and Gladbach to win. Um, oh, sorry. I had a one-all draw. Um, that never happened because Alassane Blair got a red card. Um, but, mate, I think he's been absolutely um, phenomenal for them. Comes off the bench, bangs in a goal. Um, 24 goals off the bench, 29 years of age. Um, right spot, the right time. He, he gets my play of the week. Super sub, the old uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer job. That was yeah. his role back in the day. Yep, or Olivier Giroud. Fast. Yeah, Shola Amiobi. Yeah, I think it's um, yeah, I think it's absolutely, absolutely cracky. His Shola Amiobi. <laughs> Got to get a Shola reference in every yeah, episode, yeah, mate. Yeah. Come on. All right, all right. Before we go, let's get a couple of either rules. All right. Um, I'll have a think. I'll have a think. Let me, let me have a think. All right. So, or not either rules, or like, yeah, either rules. Um, we've done a little top three. That was a little joint debate, the top three, I think. Um, little Mbappe and TAA and Almada. Yep. Um, I'm going to go with who had... All right, from a ma- manager's perspective, who has the potential to go further, Frank Lampard or Steven Gerrard? We spoke about these two players last week of being the t- mm-hmm. in, my, in my top three or one, you know, three A and three B of the Premier League players of all time. Who has the potential to go further um, as a manager, Gerard at Rangers or Lampard at Chelsea or potentially somewhere else? Um, yeah, for me, Gerard. Um, I just see a lot more of a manager when I look at Gerard rather than I do Lampard. Lampard, I don't see a real leader. Uh, I don't know why. Um, I know he was captain and, you know, he led Chelsea and all that. But I look at Gerrard and I keep going back to 2005, the Champions League final, 3-0 down. Gerrard brought that team up. Look at that team. Look at the two teams on paper, AC Milan and Liverpool. Liverpool had no right to get anywhere close to winning that game. <laughs> they should have lost Ger- that game 8-0. <laughs> yeah, they should have. Jimmy Traore at left back. Yes, he did. can goals. You got Dita, yeah. Kaká, Maldini. Mate, the list goes on. Yeah, it, it was it was unfair. It wasn't even a close battle, but Gerard picked them up by the scruff of the neck, and he did that in the FA Cup final as well. Um, he's I see a better leader. He's done a good job at Rangers. I know Rangers is a big club in you know in Scotland. Yeah, but, but it's a bit it's a big club coming from from, no, like, from nothing because they they, they they were bankrupt. They dropped down the divisions. They came back yeah. up, and he yeah. still hasn't spent a lot of money. But he's brought some good players in, and I I, I can see him taking over from at Liverpool. In the future, I think from Klopp, I think it's it's natural. I think Klopp will stay there for as long as Klopp wants to stay. I actually uh, think so. When when Klopp signed his extension at Liverpool, yeah, it actually mirrored Steven Gerrard's extension. It did. So everyone was going, "Oh well, that's the succession plan is in place." Klopp leaves, Gerrard comes in. That's how it works. Uh, which it's it's natural for me. But I, I'll look at Lampard and. I'm not going to judge Lampard just yet. I'll judge him after the next couple of transfer windows when he's had a chance to mould yeah. the squad, get yeah. the squad that he wants. Then, then I'll make a decision. But for if we're just talking right now, uh, for me, Gerard will have the better managerial career. I like that. Well done. I agree. 
You agree? Oh, absolutely wholeheartedly agree. Vera actually became the next Newcastle United manager. I would not be too wouldn't be mad at it. Not, wouldn't be mad. I wouldn't be too concerned. But I'd like someone experienced alongside him. Yes. Premier League's a different beast yes. than the Scottish Premier League. So. It'll be Gerard number one, Rafa Benitez number two. <laughs> I'd be all right with that. I'll definitely be all right or with that. Or Ra- Rafa number one, Gerard, Gerard number, number two. two. Yeah. But no, nah, he, yeah. he's a number one now. Yeah, he no, is. I like that. That's good. Well done. Thanks, mate. Um, a, a, plus, a plus, Luke Hutchin. A plus. Jeez, I've never got an A plus in my life. Mm. Um, all right. So let's go. All right. Um, and by the way, if you're listening, we do this on the spot because it is on, on the, the penalty spot, spot. spot. So we think of these on the spot. We never pre plan <laughs> these. We write a few notes and we just talk gibberish. Um, so we actually think of these on the spot. So yeah, it's, yeah. Um, it's, just, it's tough. It is tough, but I love it. I love this. Um, okay, so I would like to know from you. Ooh. Who right now? Ooh, this is tough. So I want to know from you right now. In their prime. Mm-hmm. Who would be your top two strikers? So I'm going to give you five options of great Premier League strikers. Oh, and I want five. to choose two. I had I had two. I would. I was going to spit out two answers <laughs> within three point five yeah. seconds, and you no, probably no. know. You probably know two of them. <laughs> I'm going to give you a choice of five, and I want yeah. you to justify why you've chosen this two, because they're all top class strikers. All right. So, all right, Alan Shearer, obviously. Yep. Wayne Rooney. Yep. Thierry Henry. Yep. Dennis Bergkamp. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of Dennis. I know. Me too. And the fifth striker, I'm going to go with. Oh, that's a tough one. Let's go. Robin Van Persie. I like Robin Van Persie. No, it's just Arsenal. All right. <laughs> well, they've had um, a lot of good strikers. So just before I start, when you first said name your top two strikers in their prime of all time, and if you said go, who what would my two answers have been? Like Premier League or no, all of, time? All, of all time. Shearer Ronaldo. Probably or probably Ronaldo and Pele. Yeah. Yeah, but we never really saw Pele in his prime, so well, I did. You did? You're not that old, mate. Oh a lot of footage while I did this. Yeah, no, but remember. All right, so so my top mate, I'm gonna give you my top two straight away. Um, you know I'm a big Dennis Burkamp fan. His touch is in my top three of the players of all time. He touches. Um, I spoke about Rooney being in my top three um, English Premier League players of all time, but he actually gets the cut. Unlucky. Um, Robin vs. Percy gets the cut because he played for United. Um, and for me, it was a little bit... Um, actually, no, he was phenomenal. Um, so I was phenomenal, even... mate. <laughs> but you, you, know, you know who you could have chucked in there. Someone like Rude Van Nistelrooy. Um, Thought about it, but he was—he didn't—he only ever scored goals in the box. Perfect predator, but yeah. he never scored a goal from outside the box. I'm going to go, fact. and I'm obviously going to go. Um, Alan Shearer is number one. Um, Terry Henry number two. All right, reason being, Alan Shearer. A, I'm going to stick go with his loyalty. Um, big Newcastle fan. Um, didn't get the opportunity to sign for Newcastle as a kid. Went down to Southampton. Um, did stupidly well at Southampton. Um, was then sold to Blackburn. Won a title at Blackburn. Had the opportunity to go to United, um, chose Newcastle, chose us, went to his hometown, um, and never once did he regret that decision. Never once did he say, I wish I went to United, I wish I went to Barcelona. Um, 
I, you know, wish I had have won something. He he never regretted that decision. He treated the club like it was his own, which it is his own. He he is Newcastle United. Um, so that that gives me a big tick in his loyalty. His strength, his ability to play and bully inside that box from an attacking perspective was phenomenal. His ability to defend a corner was phenomenal. Um, he would have had one of the most powerful shots I've ever seen. Every time I love, I remember seeing that free kick he scored. I believe it was against Leicester. Yeah, where he just, just a rocket. Oh, mate, there's there's no Ronaldo dipping. There's no um, Janinho. There's no knuckleball. There's no knuckleball, like mate. He breaks that volley against Villa. Um, I, I was lucky enough to see him score. I think two or three goals when I when I watched Newcastle play. Mate, his 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 power, his strength. Um, his heading ability would have been the best in the Premier League. He, uh, from an att- attacking perspective, I cannot think of another he- header of the ball that heads the ball as well or has head head the ball as well as Alan Shearer. Um, potentially Tim Cahill, which is a great little, uh, um, you know, shout out and respect to Tim Cahill. Um, and also Shearer's ability to, as we just touched on it, to be where he needed to be, like Rude Van Nistelrooy. Shearer would score with his left foot, with his right foot, with his header from four yards, six yards, eight yards, 12 yards, 24 yards. Um, and to cap it off, we'll go back into his um, like personal personality traits, mate. Absolute leader. Pure, pure utter leader. Um, mate, he definitely takes number one for me. Uh, Thierry Henry, Terry Henry to um, some Australian <laughs> reporters. Um, <laughs> mate, it, it's got to be him because he was converted from a winger. He came from a winger and then went to Arsenal. Um, Oh, he was a winger. Um, mate, Arsene Wenger turned him into probably the at that time because um, Shearer was still playing well, but towards the end of his career, um, mate, one of the best strikers in the world football. His pace, his ability to turn, his touch, his ability to provide for other teammates. Um, but he was a, a French, um, like a French-Brazilian Ronaldo, quick, had great touch, great vision, and just had a very... Um, What's the word? Je ne sais quoi. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was beautiful to watch. Yeah, his, he was, um, I'd pay money to watch him. His finesse and the, the way he scored some of his goals were mate, absolutely incredible. And it just goes like that, that whole Arsenal team, that Arsenal era of Burkamp and Adams and Parler and, mate, um, you know, Dixon and Seaman and the, the list goes on. Like, Ian Wright, um, the list goes on. Like, even, like, further down there when Ian Wright left, like, uh, he was Van Persie. Like, he he, he is he is Arsenal for Ooh, me. He is Arsenal. I yeah. mean, I've got a good Arsenal, mate, as well, who's listening. Shout out to Ando. And I know he would probably agree with that. Mm. Uh, you got Henri Bergkamp Wright. Maybe top three Arsenal strikers. Yeah, um, and you, you're, li- you're leaving a lot of quality off that list as well. Oh, um, mate, yeah, of course you are. Um, and that, that, de- that defense that Arsenal had was Seaman in goal, Dixon, Adams, your mate Martin Keown, who you met. Yeah, yeah, I did uh, in Brazil. <laughs> yeah, uh, and Sol Campbell later on. Sol Campbell, mate. Ashley Cole, mate. Uh, that midfield, yeah. Ray Parler. It's um, it's oh, yeah, it's it's you know. Jürgenberg. Perez, yeah. Petit, Vieira, Edu, Gilberto Over, Silva. Overmars. Like, Gilberto Silva, mate. What a, he, he, Gilberto Silva would be one of the Premier League's all-time defensive midfielders. He'd be world-class right now. I mean, oh, he, he's no different to Casemiro. He is Cam- Casemiro he, from 20 years ago. Him, Gilberto Silva and Casemiro. Would pro- and we forgot about Gilberto Silva when we spoke about the, the defensive um, 
some of the best defensive midfielders of all time, or you know, that we've watched. And Gilberto mm-hmm. Silva's unfortunately, we've, sorry, Matty, if you're listening, uh, we forgot about you. Uh, but yeah, Portuguese speaking so, countries were big yeah. because of your Brazilian, um, yeah, could be. I know that, you yeah, could that. Um, yeah, for me, that's it, mate. Shira easily number one, um, Thierry Henry number two. Um, if I needed to grade the rest, it'd probably be Rooney three, Bergkamp, and Van Persie four, A before B. Actually, no, so, it'd be it'd be Bergkamp four and Van Persie five. All right. So what I'm doing is uh, each week I'm going to give you a position and I'm going to we're going to have your ultimate Premier League team. Yeah. Yeah. So in a few weeks' time, and then we'll um, put the team up on Twitter and see if everyone agrees with uh, Dave's picks. That's a good idea. Are you going to take notes on that? Yeah, hundred percent, mate. So if you've got Shearer and Henri as your strikers, and yeah. I'd, they co- they'd complement each other perfectly as well. Really well exactly. So I look at someone like Sheeran Rooney. Are they the same? Similar? Yeah. Um, you know, Bergkamp might probably would complement Shearer. He would actually. Yeah. Um, but Van Persie and Shearer are pretty similar. But Van Persie didn't have that brute strength. And uh, he was more finesse. He was more he finesse. Was, yeah, he was. Um, yeah, mate, that's phenomenal. I enjoyed that. How good? How good, mate? What's the plans for the rest of the week? Uh, well, it's a long weekend, so I'm going to enjoy another day off tomorrow and um, go out for a walk with the missus, see some family, and uh, yeah, then work the rest of the week. So, you know, watch some uh, card breaks, you know, spend some money on football cards, basketball cards, and um, yeah, just chill out, mate. What about yourself? What do you got planned? Uh, mate, day off. I just a lot of work this week, mate. Get, try and get ready for this um, watered down reopen. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, it will be interesting to see um, how that goes. That's about it, mate. Enjoy a bit of family time. And yeah, watch some football. Yep, definitely watch some football. Mate, um, that brings us to the end of episode seven with On the Penalty Spot. Um, have a lovely evening. Don't forget to uh, review, subscribe, share, send it follow. to your family and friends, follow everything. Um, we're we're active on Insta and Twitter um, Twittergram. Instaface. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Instaface. Yeah. Insta yes. yeah, yeah, you get yeah, the gist. Yeah. We're, we're active on um, Instagram and Twitter. Um, much more active on Twitter. Okay, we can. Um, you know, we, we like to getting a few football conversations there, which Luke and I love. Um, mate, get get follow us on that on the pen spot on that. Um, mate, from me, that is a good night, and thank you very much. Good night, all. Until next time. Ciao.